0: You are listening to the Seeking Wild Beauty podcast. My name is Harmony Nixon, and I'm a spiritual teacher and healer. And each week I will be diving deep into topics about spiritual practices, embodied intuition, sacred creativity, conscious living, and the call of soul, all to help you unearth your deepest truth. So grab your journal and get cozy. Hey friends, welcome back to this little series that I'm hosting called Poetry and the Creative Process. So I have connected with multiple poets on threads and they have come on to share their poetry and their writing process. And I find it's just so inspiring just to hear someone's everyday mundane process and what that looks like, the different doubts and fears that come up that come through writing the amazing healing that comes from the writing process itself, and what happens when one really dives in and decides to create poetry. There's one theme that I have seen among all of the people that I have already interviewed, and that is that poetry is extremely healing. Writing itself is extremely healing and helps people in their everyday lives overcome so many different things. Like, of course, we're human. We all have shit that happens in our lives. We all have, you know, death, loss. We have job changes. We have transformation that happens in our life. We have things that we might not understand, but when we come to the page, there is something beautiful that seems to happen universally with a lot of writers, and that is we understand ourselves more, we are able to feel more empowered, more confident, more heard, more held, and it really is medicine. And so that is why I am doing this series because I really wanna connect with my people, my writerly, creative people, and share what that looks like from all different angles. And to show you that no matter if you're a beginner or if you're advanced, we can all learn something from each other. And no matter where you're at in your writing journey, even if you've just only thought about it, I hope that this inspires you to get writing and to pour your soul onto the page just to see what happens. So writing for me is a form of prayer and a connection to both my inner scapes and to the great mystery. Writing seems to be a way for me to tune in to the heart of whatever I'm writing about. So if I have an idea or something I wanna explore, That becomes the heartbeat. And then I can find myself in that somehow, if that makes sense. Julia Cameron says, all artists experience the spark of the divine. When we write humbly, we invite a flow of ideas, not commonly our own. And what she's saying here is that as a writer and a creative, we become channels. We become connected to the higher source, to God, to the universe in a really magical and in a way that just kind of puts me in awe. I'm like, what is happening? But there is a flow that happens when you start writing. After a while, there is a flow that happens that can't be explained. And it is so beautiful. She also says, our words lead us to authenticity, just as authenticity leads us to our words. And so I find that I find more of who I am by having a consistent writing practice and by exploring without the pressures of it needing to be something, I really find that my true self is just more able to bloom when I give it the space through writing. And so with all of that being said, I hope this episode inspires you and you continue to tune in for this series. Go ahead and grab your journal. And let's dive right in. Well, hello, Adam. Thank you so much for being here on the podcast.
1: Thank you so much for having me.
0: Yes. Do you want to tell us a little bit about you and your poetry?
1: Uh, well, I'm, I'm a 56-year-old poet. Uh, started writing about 25 years ago. And then I think the term in sports is I got the yips and just stopped for about 20 years became really critical of my own poems. After, after some big life changes, I went back and started looking at my poetry again. And a lot of it was very cringeworthy, but there was enough there that I liked that I thought that would be a good creative outlet for me. And so I've been writing for the past five or six years now on a pretty consistent basis. I've self-published two chapbooks. I view it more like a garage band putting together a uh, tape or CD, uh, depending on how old those of you listening are. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> sharing it with their friends rather than anything more pretentious than that. I I write, I write to write, and putting my putting my stuff into chapbooks was as much about learning the skills of editing as anything else.
0: Oh, that's amazing. So um, with the editing part of it, do you feel like that's like a completely different process than the poetry part?
1: It is. It's a lot more, a lot more formatting, you know, the formatting phase of editing than the, the trimming because my poems are very organic in that Every time I open one up and look at it, I often find myself going back and tweaking something and sometimes putting something back to the previous version. Uh, There was one poem that I ended up taking completely apart and, you know, basically like, like taking everything out of your intention, taking it all apart, then putting it all back together and, you know, it came back exactly the same way. Other times you know it's it's a lot more you know taking all the individual parts and using them as a nucleus of other poems
0: yeah that that's really cool when we can do that is like take something apart and it something else creates out of it I really love yeah. that whole process that's really amazing so what valuable lesson have you learned from your creative process
1: don't force it is really the the biggest thing I've the biggest roadblocks I found is when I have forced myself to just keep keep coming back to something that is either as complete as it's going to be right now, or just not ready to move any further. And forcing it makes me, you know, it makes me frustrated and puts me in a in a spiral where all I can do is keep thinking about that poem and not about any other ideas I have. So just letting myself listen to the poem itself and say, okay, we're going to just set you aside. You know, I don't know if you need to simmer or marinate or, you know, ferment or whatever you need to do, but you're just going to sit over there and do that.
0: How do you tell the difference between forcing it and then fear blocking you, and you know you need to move past that fear? So how do you know when it's a different thing between forcing it past its time and then moving past your own blocks?
1: And it is very much a gut feeling. Um, generally, the more the more I feel resistance coming from inside me, you know if i if I find myself, for instance, staring at a poem. And I am afraid to do anything. I, I try to change something. And I feel afraid to even change something. Then usually I'm going to let it sit to one side. If the fear though is more. That it's it's not right. Um, and I feel like I'm using a lot of metaphors here. But if it doesn't taste right. I'm either going to let it sit aside to. For the flavors to to merge, or I'm going to add some more seasoning, and it's very much an instinctual thing.
0: I feel like as poets, you know, you're already tapped into that intuitive realm anyway. So that is something that we definitely all need to listen to as poets. Um, do you have a specific ritual or routine that helps you get into the creative flow?
1: Uh, yes. Uh, this may this may horrify um, some listeners. I wake up uh, between 4.30 and 5.00 a.m. every Holy morning.
0: Holy shit.
1: No. <laughs> <laughs> uh, two reasons. Uh, one, I was raised on a farm and my father would very actively wake us up early in the morning so that we could take care of the animals. And it's when I got to college and studied Pavlovian conditioning, you know, I just kind of shouted out in psychology class. Oh, I know what that is. My dad did it to me. <laughs> uh also when when I was married, uh and we had three kids about 6 years of of in in age gap between the oldest and youngest. So there was a a period there where it was very loud and chaotic. And Early morning was the time I had to be the most reflective, and even though I wasn't actively writing then, I did I did use that time to just kind of reflect on my day, make my list for the day, and so that that precious quiet morning time became really important to me. For that, um, I would wake up, I have coffee. Uh, Typically, I'll go for a walk, and that's when I let a lot of stuff kind of percolate through my head. One of the poems I hope to read today was actually written in in that morning walk. And then I come back and I write in my journal, and then I try and make myself – usually I I do end up staring angrily at a blank screen on my computer for a while (laughs) – uh and then usually something will come out
0: yeah i think a lot of us can relate to that staring angrily at a blank page thing like why can't the word <laughs> just appear? i know at least you're showing up though and do you find that when you show up even when nothing is coming out that something usually happens of something hmm. some kind
1: yes if if it's not a if it's not a a solution to a poetry problem Or an actual poem it is usually you know i will sometimes turn around and go back to my journal and that's when i usually am able to process something yeah because you know life is life is ongoing therapy
0: (laughs) that is that's very true so what does the muse mean to you
1: for a while the muse was a person you know, it was whatever person was kind of the focus for a lot of my love energy. <clears throat> now I I view it more as my connection to my emotions and and to the world at large. And my I actually don't don't call it the muse, I call it the holy fire. because when it when it hits it is very much like it just it feels it feels holy to me
0: yeah that's really beautiful Do you want to share more of your experience with that like what does that feel like when you feel like you've been hit with it versus when you're just you know like morning pages kind of thing
1: um it is very much where the poem comes out almost completely you know, if not completely written, at least the form of it and and the theme of it are there. Uh, and some of some of my best poems have come from that, although they've never I've never had one that came out completely un you know completely finished, but it is and it does feel a lot like you know, electricity or, or, lightning in that it is just, it's straight from my brains to my fingers and from there to the page. And yeah. And that is, I, when I talk to myself about not forcing it, that is also the thing because I've tried to force that to, to appear. I've, you know, tried sleep deprivation Massive doses of caffeine, whiskey and wine, and it hasn't worked with any of that. What works best is when I have put myself in in a state where I am just able to let things flow.
0: It sounds like your morning routine that you have where you have that silent mm-hmm. time. It would be a perfect you know nourishing space for that to happen.
1: It is. It is very much that.
0: Yeah, that's really beautiful. And I I feel the similar with the muse, I know that there are different ways of seeing the muse. Um, for me, a lot of the times when I'm connecting to the muse overall, it's more of that energy that you're talking about that I feel as well. And that's what mm-hmm. it felt like when I wrote my first poetry book, it just came out of me. I'm like, I'm pretty sure like the muse was just making love to me while this whole book just came out, <laughs> you know, and I'm like, I don't know what happened. So I understand that feeling and I think a lot of the listeners would understand that feeling as well. So it's important for us to definitely have a routine to create space for those kinds of experiences. So what does your poetry mean to you and how does it connect to humanity as a whole?
1: I mean to me my poetry is is my voice. And I've always I've always loved words um I am the son of a preacher, and he was also a very talented writer, and he also had that love of, of reading and writing. And so, so for me, poetry is as much about the words and, and the way they cascade as, as about the themes of it. I do write a lot about love and grief, not exclusively, but you can very much say that that is my primary, those are my primary subjects. And, and for me, it is, my poetry is just very much how, how I can connect myself to the world, to, to the creative spirit and, and to, to the people I love and to people in general.
0: Yeah, that's really beautiful. Um, would you like to share some of your poetry now? Uh, yes.
1: Yeah. Um, this one is uh, the title poem from my latest chat book, The Gift of Forgetting. The Gift of Forgetting. I wonder if water, having run its way to the distant sea, retains a memory of its origin. Do the waves remember the mountains in which they were born, Or are they given the gift of forgetting a place they came from and to which they can never return?
0: I love that. Thank you. What inspired you to write that one?
1: Um, that was, uh, right after a move, um, year before last. And I had, um, left the home I've been living in for about five years. Uh, because my housemate was selling the home, and so I was feeling very adrift, moved into a neighborhood and realized that an old friend that I hadn't seen in in years lived there, uh, she's a musician, and she invited me to a jam session she and some other musicians were having. I went, and I was sitting there, and I can't even remember what song they were singing, but I just, I remember just standing up and, and just saying to some, the person next to me, I'm so sorry, tell Julie that I have to go, I have to write something. And I just like took off, walked four blocks back to my, uh, uh, the place I was running and sat down and, and wrote the, the core of that poem.
0: Oh, wow. That's really cool. So it just hits at random times and it's like, yes, I have to be ready to capture it.
1: (laughs) Yeah. My current partner is used to like when we're on a trip and I'm driving, I'll sometimes say to her, I need you to take this down and just rattle a thing off to her.
0: (laughs) Yeah. That's awesome. I swear. Like the spouses and the partners of poets, you know, they deserve an award.
1: (laughs) Yeah. She, she is used to me Uh, There There was one time I woke up in the middle of the night. And, you know, fortunately, she she has insomnia sometimes and was awake, and I just turned to her and I said, you know, said something, and it's from a poem in progress, and I'm still not ready for it, but <clears throat> I was just like, dear God, I need to write that down, and I was scrambling for a uh, notepad or something, and she just immediately opened up the text app on her phone and sent it to me.
0: Oh, that's awesome.
1: <laughs> yeah. I wonder, I said, it's going to be like that.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I was just talking to my husband. I'm like, babe, do you get annoyed when I talk about writing so much? And he's like, no. And I'm like, good. Cause I'll be talking about it until the day I die. <laughs> you yeah. know, I just am in love with the whole process.
1: It's, it's, it's wonderful. And she is. My partner Bev and I met, um, uh through a dating app primarily because we both use complete sentences in our profile. (laughs) And and so, you know, that was that was an immediate attraction uh moment for both of us.
0: You're like, you're different. I like this.
1: (laughs) Oh, and do you use the oxford comma, hello.
0: Hey there. (laughs) True love. (laughs) (laughs) I love (laughs) it. Do you have some more poetry that you would like to read? Um,
1: yeah, um, this is one actually I wrote right before that last move, and then uh, uh, have have just finished uh, just finished last year editing. <clears throat> the cicada nymph slowly climbs along the branch, inch by laborious inch. It has taken most of the afternoon. And as the sun begins to set, it stops. Is it resting? I wonder to myself. Then I see it shiver and crack. And slowly, painfully, it emerges. Wings wet and furled, stealth soft and white. Ever so, so slowly, wings unroll. Carapace hardens and becomes glittering green. Until as the stars rise above, it spreads its wings and flies away. Godspeed, little friend, I whisper as I finish packing the last box of my past and prepare to rest. Tomorrow I begin a new life without you in it. I, I got advice from a, a friend of mine that's a writer. Back when I first started writing poetry, Uh, his name is Gord Seller, really good science fiction writer and poet, uh, recommend you look his stuff up. And he told me to always look for the small moments and, and to use those in my poem rather than try and try and force something huge and overwhelming, but to just find those small intimate moments and build from those
0: sometimes i feel like those intimate small tiny things are the things that are the most relative to humanity as a whole
1: oh yes yeah
0: the deeper you go and the smaller you go the more you connect i believe
1: it's very hard to connect with people about you know the grand sweep of the napoleonic wars but we can all we can all connect about a cup of tea or you know, the sound of bread crackling in the oven.
0: Yes. Would you like to read some more?
1: Yeah, I've got got one more. Um, This is one I I talked about that I wrote in one of my dark morning walks. Waking to gentle rain outside my window in the deep dark of early morning. As the rain dwindles to mist, I hit the street Cold air on my face and limbs, street lights sheen on the water. Feet splash oil slick puddles, air clean and crisp, and in low clouds above, a passenger jet flies. A giant owl lights like eyes in the mist. I see the other souls on pre-dawn rounds. We silently greet each other, continue on our solitary paths. My mind begins to sort through confused feeling and lingering ache. And without you, without words, in the silence as the sunrise brings a new day, I find a core of peace and begin to let go of pain, to let go of grief, and to let go of the memory of you. Wow.
0: Beautiful. Thank you. Yes. Um, what is your chat books called? Uh,
1: my first one is called songs of love and loss. Okay. Uh, that is available on Amazon, uh, and on lulu.com. Uh, my most recent one is the gift of forgetting and other poems, uh, that is currently available on lulu.com. You can find the link in uh, my Instagram account or my Threads account.
0: I will also have all of your links below in the show notes so everyone can easily find your stuff.
1: Oh, fantastic. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Okay, perfect. So do you have anything else that you would like to share with the audience or any advice to fellow poets out there?
1: Um, uh, to fellow poets is right. <laughs> and if something, if a poem doesn't taste right, Changes seasoning. It's <laughs> it's it is more important to focus. For me, it's been more important to focus on on the writing than on the result. I am not I am not deluded enough to be, to think that I'll ever get rich as a poet. I think it was uh, Jericho Brown that said you don't get rich writing poetry. You can make a living teaching other people to write poetry.
0: That's about right. <laughs>
1: yeah. <laughs> but yeah, until until it becomes uh, the vogue for very rich people to have a poet that lives at their house on a good salary, I'm happy to just write for myself and for the people that I care about.
0: That's beautiful. And oh my gosh, how amazing would that be for just like rich people to hire us poets for their daily amusement? <laughs> exactly.
1: It was a thing for a while. I mean, let's bring that
0: back. That would be cool. I never even thought of that. That's amazing.
1: Forget rockets. I mean, rockets, (laughs) that's so last year. Exactly. Let's let's bring back court poets.
0: (laughs) Yes. Well, thank you so much, Adam, for being here. I really appreciate you being on and sharing your process and sharing your poetry. And I look forward to reading your books.
1: Well, thank you so much, Harmony. I really appreciate you inviting me.
0: Thank you so much for listening. If you want to book a healing session or a mentor with me, you can go to my website at seekingwildbeauty.com. You can connect with me on Instagram, YouTube, and TikTok at Seeking Wild Beauty. If you want to support this podcast and join a community of magical women on the healing path, go to patreon.com forward slash Seeking Here you can receive the support on your self-healing journey become a part of the story weaver circle that i host online every full moon where we reweave the stories of our lives letting go of all the old and embracing the new i'll connect with you soon i hope you have a lovely week